Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry? Then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's Dale Lippin, and to my right, as always, my partner in crime, Trey Van Buskirk. How are you, brother? Oh, I'm good because it's so fitting. What are the chances that we record Tuesday nights, and then what? Today's National Beer Day? Are you today kidding is, me? Today is National Beer Day. Um, before we get into that, a national celebration, uh, a day of remembrance for you, my friend. Uh, if I am not mistaken, you are San Diego's newest Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Is that correct? Oh, thank you, sir. Yes, I was I was bestowed that honor Saturday. Can you walk me through the day and how it went? I want to hear it. Okay. Yeah. Totally caught off guard as is most people, I guess, getting their black belt. But yeah, I've been doing this sport since 2007. Um, you know, I'll say it once I say it again, a little bit of a uh, vulnerable story. I was bullied in high school, hence why I'm so anti-bullying. Um, anyone that's out there um, that is being bullied at this moment in time, I implore you to go to a jiu-jitsu gym. It is the most intimidating, intimidating gym. Any mixed martial arts gym is intimidating to go to. You're surrounded by savages. Uh, people are very gnarly looking, but what people won't tell you is if in fact you go, it is the most welcoming place on the planet. I went into a gym in 2007, carrying a bunch of emotional baggage, walked in and just said, you know what? I'm going to commit myself to this, both for confidence, both for defending myself purposes. I went through multiple surgeries, more stitches than I can count, broken ribs, um, weird mat, fungi growing shit my wife had to put up with, all this stuff. And it all came down to Saturday. I walked into the gym. My coach had all the adults there, um, high-level belts, everyone's from purple, brown, black standing there. And he said, hey, for the next 59 minutes, everyone is going to murder each other. If I look over and I see you guys are dogging it, you're hanging out in half guard, you're kicked out of the gym. So everyone knew from the moment 9 o'clock started, it was on. And then I was like, okay. Quickly, I was looking across the gym and I was like, I got to form some alliances. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got I to gotta see who's kind of on the same page as me here. Right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, 
everyone kept looking at me like they they knew something. Something was preconceived. They said, you know what, Trey's going to get his black belt today. We need to murder him. And that's what they did. For 59 minutes and 50 seconds, they murdered me. I came out with a black eye, a fat lip, uh, busted my chin, mat burn all over my face, almost puked three times, got choked out about 19 times by high-level black belts, some that actually competed at Bellator. And at the end of it all, I was given a black belt, absolutely lost my shit. And yeah, man, I think when I look back at the whole experience, I mean, again, since 2007, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. I've done Ironmans, I've done college, I've done all that stuff. And this, what it takes discipline and also just athleticism, it's it's something else. But like they always say, Dale, when you get your black belt, it's not like you reach the mountaintop. It just kind of restarts, you know? Right. So yeah, it was awesome. Do you feel like you still suck at jujitsu? I'm so bad. I'm so bad, dude. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Actually, I wonder if he just gave it to me because my coach saw that I started drinking beer again. He's like, okay, well, <laughs> he's no longer a total pussy. I can get right. his black belt. Right. So you could have had this months ago if you would have just uh, – I know. The stuff just, just tastes so good. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, I'm pumped for you, man. Uh, you've single-handedly legitimized our show. Um, now whenever we talk about things – uh, we can say that we have a guy that actually knows what he's talking about now. So I appreciate you bringing um, some validation to our opinion. Well, I, I appreciate you. And we talk about this all the time. Like, guys, support those that are doing things in your circle. Dale was the first person that texted me. My, I have my best friends that I've actually met in person. I actually touched their skin before. that still have yet to reach out. Dale was the first person to text me and said, dude, congratulations. It's a big deal. So thank you for making me feel even better about a uh, momentous time in my life. Of course, man. Of course. I, 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 I mean, you, anybody, I mean, realistically, like I said, it's not, it's not a matter of, we say it just to say it, right. It's, you have to adopt a mentality of contribution, a mentality of participation in not only your life, but the people around you. So you have to pursue those things wholeheartedly. If you don't, um, that's how you end up, you know, laying there on your deathbed with a life full of regret, wishing you would have done a little bit more, man. So it's not just an idea. I mean, it, it takes, it's, it has to be intentional, I guess is the way I'm putting it. Um, it's, it doesn't come naturally to just run headfirst and be a bull um, in a China shop, when it comes to participation in other people's lives, you have to intentionally do it and seek out the spots and make them count. Um, you know, this is, a, I understand the gravity of the situation that you had. And it's important for me that you understand that one, like I told you before, I'm proud of you Two, I know what went into it. And three, I appreciate your effort, even though I didn't contribute to that at all. I understand what you've gone through and what you did, and it's appreciated that you pursued it to that degree. So don't forget that. All right. Um, but before we go any further, this episode, like all episodes, are brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. Go to Stay Classy Meats. Use promo code FIST. You can save 10% on the entire order. They had an additional 15% off for Labor Day. Hopefully, you guys took advantage of some of those deals. That could have got you 25% off your entire order. And we haven't said it in a while, but it bears repeating. If you use our code. You can use it to set up a reoccurring subscription. So Stay Classy isn't just a one-off company. You can set up monthly, bi-monthly, bi-annual deliveries to your house, depending on what your household's needs are. And you can use our code and continually save that money 
on top of the other deals that they have going on all the time. It's a great way, especially now with the dollar being a little bit weaker and prices going up. It's a great way to stretch that a little bit further um, than you already are. So go to stayclassymeets.com, use promo code FIST, you can save 10% on the entire thing. I got to talk to Roy from Allegiance. That's actually a great business model for Allegiance. Um, mm. I, I run into this issue all the time where I see a new design, I buy it, and then I just start to accumulate so many clothes because I love all their clothes. I love the fit. I love everything about it. But then at a certain point, my drawers are busting from the seams. And I'm like, oh, dude, now I got to go through the purge, which is mm -hmm. really, really it pulls at the heartstrings when you have to ditch clothes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah so, I don't know. You know what we should do? I wonder if we could set up a subscription for our merch That's a good through idea. Allegiance. So like yeah. just like a like because we're going to roll the shirts out like every 45 days. If we could just set it up, boom, boom, yeah. boom, or pay a one time fee and you get all seven designs. I like that. I like but that. They'll but they'll come out in the 45 day increments. But they'll still be able to utilize the code punch and get 15% off, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's going to be the the. um super soft butter soft fabric like we're using now mm, i like it okay so, i'm into it let's yeah it. all right so let's talk about a couple things so saturday you got your black belt and then you went and celebrated so you didn't watch a lot of fights i did watch fights yes um Derek brunson handedly beat uh darren till and he says he's willing and content to wait for a title shot um obviously robert whitaker is next in line but covid uh, has everything in an absolute state of disarray, uh, in particular over there in our, uh, uh, they get mad at me every time. Cause I can't exact, I can't remember what it is. Australia, New Zealand. What is this? Come on. Why do I, Oceana Our Oceana brothers and sisters, everything's crazy over there right now, man. So what are we, what are we anticipating happening with the middleweight belt? Because it's supposed to be Izzy and Rob, but Izzy wants Rob in Auckland. Uh, which doesn't appear to, if, that it's going to happen anytime soon. Is New Zealand as crazy as Australia is right now? That's a good question. I think also um, about 11 hours ago, what came out, um, Bisbing came out and said that Darren Till tore his ACL 10 weeks prior to that fight. So how much weight are you putting into that? His hesitation. Remember, this is a guy I talked about on the show last week, 83% takedown defense. Towards, yeah. you know, tears his ACL 10 weeks before. Hesitancy? Maybe, but here's the thing is I go back and forth on ACL injuries as a person who's suffered a catastrophic ACL injury. I know that I'm not the same as I was prior to, but the flip side of that is you have guys like Heinz Ward who played wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was born without ACLs in his knees and is a hall of fame wide receiver. What? So I don't know how much weight I can put in that, especially if it was 10 weeks. 10 weeks makes it sound like it's very frequent or, or happened very recently. 10 weeks is three months in a week. So if you, if I told you I did something three months ago, that's a long time. If I say 10 weeks ago, you're like, well, when, when was that? You know what I mean? It's like the same thing with ladies that when you like, you know, when you, when you see a baby, right? And you're like, how old's your baby? 172 weeks. So what, your baby's almost three? Like, what, you know what I mean? Like, just say three. Like, Dude, you're you, such an asshole if you count your kid's age in months. Like, ugh, I hate right. it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so my question, though, like, let's say you, when you tore your ACL. Yeah. Ten weeks out, are you walking and or bobbing and weaving like he's doing? 
No, but, but so, okay. So here's the thing, right? Is what I, I didn't just have an ACL tear. I tore a lot of other things as well and then damaged my knee in addition to that. Um, but no, I was not 10 weeks after that. I was not in the position to be in a high level mixed martial arts fight with everything on the line. No, I was not in the position for that. Uh, okay. um, but I, and I, I, that's, that was always going to be the case. Right. So like, it just, I, I understand it. Right. And then the flip side of that coin is we also learned that Derek Brunson was he fractured ribs and tore cartilage in his rib cage um, right. three weeks prior. Now I've had broken ribs too. And I'm telling you that's, that, that's, that's no walk in the park either, man. I'm going to ask you one question being that we are both uh, superstitious aficionados. Oh yeah. As, as I'm not call. superstitious. I am a little stitious though. Okay. Well, if you are just a little stitious, if Brunson goes into his next fight and he changes his hair color, removes the blonde hair, what he do loses. you do? He fading? He loses. Yeah, for sure. He loses. For sure. It's not that good of blonde hair. I feel like he could do better, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, but it, there's something, to, well, genetically speaking, it's only going to get so blonde. Um, the flip side of that is, is that blonde Brunson is, is quickly reaching, you know, I guess you would say like he, he's almost turning himself into a mythological MMA figure. I, I would, he's not up there with like karate stance McGregor mm-hmm. and he's not up there with like C level Kane Velasquez, mm-hmm. but he's pretty close to TRT Vitor. Ooh. Ooh. I love he's it. Pretty close. I love it. And I know he's we're pretty close talk about that fellow here shortly. I'm excited. Yeah. About now, that. now here's the thing though, right? Is and. We were on till for that. Excuse me. Oh, such a massive sneeze. Nice. No, it was a cough. Um, I haven't shaken this respiratory thing just yet. Um, We were on till, but I made a tweet earlier in the week that got some reaction from some people where I compared Derek Brunson to Roxanne Modafari uh, in the sense that he's always the underdog and he's very good at beating prospects, and he constantly puts himself in a position to win fights. That right. being said, we probably should have heeded our own words there and bet Brunson to beat Till. Maybe so. Possibly so. But the good thing is it all balanced out because the two dogs we had of the entire night smacked in a huge fashion. Well, Julian Arosa did. Yeah. Um, Juicy J hit. David Zawada missed. Um, and I... You and I were talking about this earlier today, right? And you were like, I don't understand how Alex Moreno won 30-27, but you're saying the fight was close, right? Right, yeah. And I said it's because Zawada kept himself in the fight and was within striking distance at all times. And while the rounds were easily decided, it was also very easy to see um, that Moreno won the fight while Zawada was able to maintain a level of competition that was very high. I'm started going back today and watching the UFC. What, what was the Derek Lewis card? 265? Mm-hmm. 265. Yeah, 64, 264, think. whatever one it was yeah. that I missed because I was on vacation. Yeah. Um, and I finally watched the Hafiel Faziv Bobby Green fight. My brother and I watched it today. Hafiel Faziv won that fight handedly, right? When it went to the judges, there was no question um, that Faziv was going to win that fight. Right. That being said, Bobby Green was never out of the fight. Mm-hmm. That's how the Zawada Morono fight went. Is that 
there was no question that Morono was going to win the fight when it, when the judges got involved. But Sawada was never out of it. I um I also I, I really liked your take when we were chatting earlier. I liked your take, and I'd like you to share with the listeners. Molly McCann. Um, obviously, we talked about her last week. You know, I had said that Molly can come in. The problem is when she fights a wrestler, it's a little bit of a daunting problem for her. If she lets her hands sure. go, she can be a total danger in the fight. And she was fighting someone who had all the accolades but never enacts or utilized any of those. Sure. So what was your take on Molly McCann? Do you think she's at a new level? Do you think, you know, we should put more weight in her fights going forward? Or is this just kind of like, you know, the perfect confliction in styles? It was exactly what it needed to be for Molly to win a fight. Um, Molly needs somebody that doesn't threaten a takedown. As long as she has no threat of being taken down or submitted, she's a game opponent. And she can use that berserker style that she has to her effect or to great effect. Um, Kim was never going to attempt a takedown. She had zero takedown attempts in, in her UFC tenure. It was a tailor-made opponent for Molly. Yeah. This card as a whole, if you're an English fighter, was geared towards putting you in a position to win your fight. Um, Molly McCann, had that been in front of a crowd, the place would have been absolutely near detonation only to finally explode when Patty Pimblett gets, the, gets his win. I like it. I like it. It sounded like it sounded like it was a fairly entertaining card. It was from top to bottom. I, I didn't hate it at all. I thought it was very well. Midday cards are always such a such a toss up, um, but yeah. it was good. I enjoyed it a lot. All right. So you posted a thing up on our Instagram. I, I do want to touch on some of these, right? Yeah. Because we've only got we've got a limit limited amount of time. The uh, the voice is still not back to one hundred percent yet, and I am frequently muting because I am coughing still. Um, so you put a thing up. What do you guys want us to talk about tonight? Somebody said, talk about Trump commentating the Vitor Belfort, Evander Holyfield fight. So those of you who are unaware, Vitor Belfort was getting ready to fight Oscar De La Hoya. De La Hoya got COVID-19, decided he didn't want to try to compete with that. Um, and then in Evander Holyfield, uh, California State Athletic Commission will not sanction about Evander Holyfield because he's 107 years old. Yep. So they said, we're going to move the entire event to Florida, um, where Vitor will be fighting Evander Holyfield um, on short notice, but he will be fighting Evander Holyfield. And then Trump, as in the 45th president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump, will be commentating the Vitor versus Evander Holyfield fight. I it's the most on-brand 2021 thing I can think of, but also I, I can't believe it's happening. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know what value um, besides just, you know, I guess he could do color commentary, um, but he's going to bring to the table. But I think this whole fight just within general is a total circus. I mean, when you got short notice, you got Holyfield, like we talked about, that hasn't fought since 2011, since Brian Nielsen is TKO win. I mean, we're talking 10 years ago yeah. then you're getting belfort who's coming back who i could see belfort pre-trt being like somewhat competitive and actually i'd probably put a little bit more weight in the 50 58 year old holyfield to win that fight but a juiced up in florida all fucking rules out the window trt vitor belfort we we could see a murder occur 
Vitor is juiced to the gills right now, allegedly. Yeah. I'm just going to say from a from a visual perspective, he looks allegedly. juiced to the gills. I don't know that he is. Obviously, you can only speculate on such things, but it it does appear that he's back on the sauce, or his testosterone replacement therapy is going rather well. I guess is a good way to put it. That being said, Evander Holyfield will not come in looking like a sack of mashed potatoes either. The dude has been looked like he's carved out of granite for the better part of his 58 years on this planet. That. All that to say that if Vitor Belfort cannot beat a 58-year-old Evander Holyfield, I don't necessarily think that there's much of a future for him in combat sports moving forward, but I also don't think that he should be fighting still anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I, I waffle on these circus fights, and you know this, because I'm all about people making money. I believe it's your body um, and, and your brain, and if you want to go out there and get punched in it or take somebody else's punches – um, or punch them, and you guys want to mutually engage in combat, you should be able to do that. I, I wish that people would soundly commit to mutual combat more often. I think that the world would be a better place if we could just mutually agree that we're just going to throw down. And, you know, at the end, it'll just be whenever it's done, it's done. But this is not the way people operate anymore, man. It's just, it's not like that. And it doesn't have to be medieval swords hacking each other to death or whatever, but you just can't. You know, in the in the, the era of whatever you want, the world star era where it's fun to kick people in the head when they're down and stomp on them and do all kinds of crazy stuff, man. You you literally have to approach every confrontation outside of a sanctioned bout as if it's a life or death confrontation. You have to. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way around it, which is terrifying. But um, I'm not above, you know, at a certain point. I mean, with you, right? You come up to me with your cauliflower ears and your weird grip and your strong hands, and you get a hold of me in a bar. I'm just going to knee you in the nuts, man, and I'm going to come at you with everything I possibly have because if if you get me on the ground, you choke me unconscious. How am I supposed to know you're not going to continue to have your way with me after I'm unconscious? Oh, for sure. I know, and that's the thing is, like, I would never be conservative in a bar fight. I always say I'm going to pull guard, but if it goes on the feet, you don't think I'm going for growing shots? You don't think I'm I'm trying to find, like – some salt and throwing in your eyes and doing something super shady. Of course I am. Pocket sand. Pocket sand for sure. No, I think, I mean, it's funny when people make a lot of fun, then he just redid them to the boss root and self-defense videos. If you watch the boss root and self-defense videos, if you've never seen them, they're on YouTube. They're fantastic. It's always, it seems like it's the most crazy over the top thing. Um, And most of the time it'd probably land you in jail for attempted murder. Um, (laughs) But you know, at a certain point, you kind of have to operate that way. Anyway, we got really off topic here. I think that Vitor and Evander Holyfield should be able to punch each other in the face for money if they want to. Right. Um, however, it does. There is some sort of Pandora's box that these circus fights open up, where things fall off, and it, you know, it allows for these these different venues of combat that may or may not be healthy for the air quote, growth of the sport, whatever that may be. Well, I think also (laughs) this is the only parallel I could probably make of this whole thing. And I think it's, you know, when uh, Dana White Contender Series was doing uh, with Snoop Dogg and Uriah Faber, when they were doing Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. it's a bummer. And I don't want to talk shit because Uriah Faber is my favorite fighter of all time. But those two together, it was, you know, children commentating on a fight. It was atrocious. Yeah. Actually, uh, it 
it literally made the fight less legitimate because of what they were saying, which was, it was what they were saying was taken away from what was actually happening in the cage. I'm a sure. little bit worried that Trump's going to do that. Um, and I'm all for Trump, but I just feel like there's a time and a place. Maybe Triller's that place because it has been circus fights, like you said. Right. I, don't know. I think it is the place. I don't, I don't want, I don't want him or someone like him commenting the next Canelo fight. Right. I don't need him on the desk for, um, Poirier versus Oliveira. I don't need him there for that. But Vitor versus Holyfield, I don't care, man. I, I really don't. I think it's Triller's putting out that kind of product. Yeah. Celebrity boxing puts out that kind of product. I don't, I honestly, I don't care. Um, we got Chandler versus Gaethje, RDA versus Islam. Uh, thoughts on these fights? Is it a number one contender fight out of the winners of both of those? Uh, so here's an interesting point. Speaking of the Chandler Gaethje thing, mm-hmm. so I think it was proposed to Gaethje to make this a five round fight. He vehemently said, "No way. There's no way I want to do an additional two rounds. I care about you know my chronic health, all this stuff. I want a three round cage fight." So he did not sign up for that. Hmm. Interesting. So, well, there's. I mean, what. Well- I read his quote. His quote, fuck that. Why would I sign up for two more rounds? I get paid the same. I get paid the same at the end of the day. If I'm going to suffer a critical chronic injury or ultimately death in the cage, it'll be in a, it'll be in round four or five. So I'll save the championship fights for main events. I'm cool. Okay. I think that's beautifully self-aware. It's, it harkens back. Style, dude. What harkens back to O'Malley's comment. I'm gonna get the pay. I'm gonna get paid the same whether I fight a top ten or I fight Chris Montino. Right. Why wouldn't I fight Chris Montino and continue to build my brand by landing, by outlanding him? You know, uh, seventy four to one. Why wouldn't I? Right. The, the UFC makes those matches. That's that's not on. That the the onus of that does not fall on Justin Gaethje or Sean O'Malley or anybody that thinks that way. It's on, and I, I, we talk about this with fighter pay because this is always the other side of that coin for me when it comes to fighter pay. It's on your management. It's on your agent. It's on your team to put you in the positions for success. Right. The UFC will only do so much for you, but you as a person are responsible for your own brand. You're responsible for your own performance. And Justin Gaethje, if Justin Gaethje says, I'm not fighting Michael Chandler um, in a number one contender fight for five rounds when I can fight him for a number one contender fight in three rounds, of course, well, sure, why not? If he feels he can get the job done, which he clearly does, go for it. Why wouldn't you? I, I'm all for it. What I think is more interesting, and in, uh, as far as a Gaethje point that I agree with, um, is that he said that Poirier, or I'm sorry, Oliveira versus Chandler fighting for the belt cheapened the belt. That he mm. thought that when Khabib was the title holder, 155 was the most prestigious title in the sport. And now that you had Oliveira and Chandler fight for it, and now Oliveira has it, it's it, it it cheapens the title. Do you agree with that? No. Why not? I because I, I honestly think Oliveira uh, is the is the rightly crowned champ at this moment. You don't think that 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 belt should have been. Gaethje versus Poirier for the, absolutely. For the championship. No, absolutely. But I do think uh, quality of quality of opponent. For, first off, you're not getting a run back um, 
you will get a run back on a title if it's someone that's actually still in the rankings. Khabib bailed. You're never getting that run back. No, they're going to sure. put it to okay. Yeah. So if I look at it and I look at uh, Oliveira, who's on a hot streak, who's fought quality of competition, who's done it in devastating fashion, who's fought like, you know, the Tony Ferguson's of the de- murderer's row. Absolutely. I don't think so. I don't think Oliveira's fought a murderer's row. I think I. Th- I'll read off the schedule here. You Please do. Talking. Please do. But I want you to do me a favor while you do this differentiate between the 55ers and the 45ers. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, 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 that is a point that is, that needs to be made. And while you're pulling that up, I'll say this Chandler comes into the UFC, having been in Bellator, losing his belt in Bellator comes over to the UFC beats Dan hooker, who was number six at the time um, beats Dan hooker immediately gets a title shot. The title shot that he gets is against a guy who you're about to read a very weak strength of schedule to, but was on a, was on a, on a tear. And there was a bunch of extenuating circumstances, right? Poirier was chasing the payday with Connor. Gaethje was sort of in this negotiating limbo, this purgatory of fighting, not fighting, injured, healing, whatever the case may be. And there wasn't a willing dance partner outside of that. Um, But if you're the, the guy that most recently fought for the belt and the champ vacates, you should be in the running. Gaethje should have been in the running for that. If you pick a promotional newcomer and a guy that's on a win streak um, that's just barely new to the top 10 and is only really getting um, a shot based on the fact that there's no one else, a la Lauren Murphy, um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't dig on you being, the title shot should be between the two best the world has to offer in a particular weight class at that present moment. Everyone was on. Well, okay. So with Tony Ferguson was on a 12 fight win streak and everyone thought that guy deserves a title shot. He was the only fighter that never got a title shot. Right. I think he should have, he should have gotten them. He was booked for, he, he it wasn't for lack of effort. He just could not stay healthy when he needed it. And it was, it was wildly disrespectful that he wasn't getting it. But if you look at the first couple people he beat on that streak, the first half of that ladder climb is very weak. It's very weak. I know, but you, you're reiterating my point here. It was predicated on the 12 fight win streak that he had. Oliveira was on a 10 fight win streak when he right. was offered the offered the title shot. Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson, Kevin Lee. Okay, I understand the 45 to 55 comment right there. Jared Gordon, Nick Lentz. Now I know those last two right there. You're like, okay, dude, like where's the, where's the murderer's row? Sure. But I think between Tony Ferguson, which it was extremely devastating, even though it was a unanimous decision. I mean, he pretty much had that arm bar. We all saw that. And he was piecing him up even on the feet. And then Michael Chandler to take in some hots prospect like this and to get that left hook to ground and pound. He did it in devastating fashion, capitalized on a 10 fight win streak. I, I don't see how you don't give it to him. Well, the Chandler fight was the title fight, so that doesn't count. So we're talking about what got him to the dance. What got him to the dance was a win. The only quality win in that mm-hmm. is the Tony Ferguson win. But the Tony Ferguson win is the Tony Ferguson coming back after a life-changing beating at the hands of Justin Gaethje. Okay, but let me one more point to this then. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to fight murderers row and get unanimous decisions, stuff like that. But let's look at his fights before that and how he was finishing it. I'm going to go back to the 10th okay. win of this streak. Go ahead. Clay Guida, go ahead. guillotine. Christine 45. Fiat. 
<laughs> Christos Geigos, rear naked choke. 45. Jim Miller, rear naked choke. 55. David Tamer, Anaconda choke. David Tamer's I don't I don't think Tamer's on the roster anymore. Go. Nick Lentz, right cross, ground and pound. Nick Lentz is not good. Jared Gordon, uh, <laughs> overhand right and uppercut. Short notice fight for Jared Gordon, and he missed weight, and he's not good. Go ahead. <laughs> and then Kevin Lee. Gilles. Kevin Lee, criminally overrated, not good. We know that. They're all finishes, though. They're all they are finishes. finished. I'm not taking away his ability to finish, but if you're an elite lightweight, you should be beating those guys, buddy. You should be winning those fights. That's the problem. You you did exactly what you did to do. Look, he's the undisputed UFC lightweight champion. I can't do anything else about that. That will change drastically because he is not the best lightweight on the planet. I don't even think he's one of the top five best lightweights on the planet, and it will change soon enough. Fair. The, the, the Oliveira era will be similar to the Machida era. <laughs> All right. Last thing here, last, last little talking point, the oblique kick. We saw Khalil Roundtree decimate Modestus Bukowski's leg with uh, an oblique kick slash knee stomp as Bukowskis was pr- uh, proceeding forward with a jab. Um, should that technique be banned? Should it be made illegal? Um, is that the new calf kick? What can we expect moving forward? If that's illegal, then I don't give a shit what anyone says. John Jones is not the GOAT. No one does the oblique well, kick Jones- more than John Jones. John Jones is the, is is the OG oblique kicker. Which, I know that's what I'm saying. I, it's here's the thing, man. Is just because it's legal doesn't mean it's not dirty, though. Well, foot stomp is still legal. Wait, what? Say that again. A foot stomp is still legal, and that's dirty. Yeah. There's still a bunch of stuff that's dirty, but it's still legal, and people exercise it all the time. Right. But I just that's some, I just I don't know. I just um. Any any technique when properly executed, I guess you could make the argument could be a career changer. Um, mm. I just feel like certain ones put you in a higher position of that uh, likelihood of that happening, right? Like um, like a twister, right? Like a twister. If even if you're not tapping, if I'm cranking, I'm going to do irreparable damage. Um, that was also Herb Bean's argument with the Robbie Lawler, Ben Askren, the bulldog choke, you could potentially break somebody's neck, the bulldog choke without them feeling the the pressure or necessity to even tap. You can do something to them that they don't even know that you're going to do. It's very similar to, well, I'm talking to black belt and jujitsu here. Um, When you get people that are in shoulder locks or you're doing any sort of um, submission that is, is a manipulation of the shoulder it's it's a pressure-based thing more so than a pain compliance thing. And a lot of people shred their shoulders up because they don't realize this is something you're not going to get out of. You need to let go or you need to tap or I'm going to do irreparable harm to your body. So that oblique kick at any given moment is 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 a, car- a career changer potential ender as is the entire sport sure i agree that's the that's the problem i run into (laughs) i know well this is what i get worried about is we we hone in on these on these things that we think are too dangerous we we omit it from the equation and then we begin to soften the sport football is the greatest example of that my Mm. favorite part of football has always been the kick return 
always mm-hmm. until they changed the rule where now everything's a touchback because mm-hmm. they didn't want the most dangerous part of the game to be enacted. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to start to soft this. You can't even freaking blow on a quarterback right now without getting a, a flag. So my thing is you start to take certain things away. I feel like they've omitted the correct things like the nut shots, the soccer kicks, all that stuff. But foot stomps, you have to keep a little bit of a dirty, dirty like pay some homage to UFC one. Let's go. I would, I would further, I would get rid of oblique kicks and allow soccer kicks. <laughs> that, that talk about career changer. That's death. It, I mean, well, at least I feel like with a soccer kick, you, well, I don't know, man. They're both pretty. They're both pretty rough. I don't know. I'm, after watching Mighty Mouse get kicked, after Rog, watching Roger Huerta get soccer kicked, I, they're they're pretty rough, man. They're all rough. I, I, it's a dangerous sport, man. It's high stakes punch face. What are you gonna do? Exactly. What are you gonna do? All right, buddy. Um, I've pretty much reached the limit of what my my voice can handle for this week. Um, I know most people when we go into the BS episodes, they want us to deep dive into everything we got going on. Just admittedly, my my throat is just not at a hundred percent still. Um, I'm gonna I'm so, gonna leave the people with something though, Dale. Gotcha. What do you got? Give them something. I'm not gonna give them conspiracy tonight, but being that okay. it's National Beer Day, I have to pay a little bit of like respect to the beer gods. Okay. I'm gonna tell you six awesome facts about beer, real quick. Okay, six awesome facts about beer. Go. First off, as you know. Water makes up 90% of beer, right? Correct. Okay, cool. The most, what do you think percentage-wise ABV is the world's most alcoholic beer? 28. Triple that. Triple that. So that'd be, what's what's triple 28? Actually, I don't know. 84. 84. Okay, don't triple it then. Maybe two and a half it then. What's two and a half of 28? Two and a half of 28. Yeah. 56 and another 14, 70. 70. Okay. Still, my math, I'm, God damn it. Okay. Man, you're terrible at math. 67 and a half. 67 and a half is the, the highest ABV beer. Gotcha. Okay. It's called Snake Venom and it's brewed snake by venom. none other than the Scots, dude. Of course. Are there any, wait, are there snakes in Scotland? Well, probably not because um, St. Patrick got um, out of the whole world. I believe that was Ireland, though, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what's the difference? Uh, there's a big difference between Scotland and Ireland, and the few people that we have that listen on both of those islands are going to be really mad that you said that. Oh, damn it. Sorry, guys. All right, give me, give me, you have, is it, was that all six of your facts, or was that one? <laughs> no, no, no. Who, who do you think, what country consumes the most amount of beer per capita annually? I feel like this has to be, I mean, you want to initially lean Germany for most consumption, but um, I believe that Jorge and the boys down in Mexico probably drank more than everybody else. It's actually the Czech Republic. The Czech Republic. And they've sat atop that list for 26 years. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I would not believe that. 143.3 liters per capita annually. Pretty insane. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, Speaking of like countries that I don't really know much about. Did you know that in Iceland, beer was actually illegal till 1989? Their prohibition went long time. I did not know that. Um, I'm not surprised by it. Uh, they're a very conservative people. Um, tattoos were, I mean, you can have tattoos in South Carolina, but you couldn't own and operate a tattoo shop in South Carolina up until like 15 years ago. So, Really? I, yeah, things like that don't don't surprise me. There's a lot of people that tattoo, are, What would they do? Well, I mean... You just you're not allowed to you weren't allowed to own a tattoo shop. 
And you could not be the owner or proprietor of, of tattoo equipment or artwork um, or you would be, I don't know, fined. Maybe. I don't know. I never met anybody that went to jail for it. But I mean, even still, there's a listen. And I wish there was more of this. There's a lot of very traditional conservative minded nations out there that I think could teach the United States a thing or two. Well, I'll tell you who could teach us something. Austria yeah, what you got? Did. Okay, Austria. Austria. Yeah, for sure. What could they teach me? In Terenz, in Austria's west, there's a place where you can combine your love of beer with your love of athletics. And the reason I say that is because there's a place that allows you to swim in a pool of beer there. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. I, am I the only person that gets into the pool each day? I don't I don't know. I can't see because I don't know. I don't know the chemical compound of beer, whether or not that would be sterile. So as much as, as much as that sounds like it might be interesting, there's a lot of hairy dudes out there and there's right. a lot of people with poor hygiene. And I, even with swimming trunks on or a swimsuit, I can't have you soaking your body like a disgusting tea bag in a yeah. pool of beer while I jump in because inevitably it doesn't matter how conservative you are getting into the pool or the ocean, inevitably it gets in your eyes, ears, mouth, and nose. And I just can't do that, man. I can't do okay, it. But see, it's all a frame of mind though. Think about this. When you go to a Vegas pool party, do, do you ever see, I literally, I, I've done it twice. I've gone mm. to a Vegas pool party. I'm standing in the pool with a shit ton of other people. I get up to go to the bathroom. If yeah. I see other people in the bathroom, I just go, dude, fuck yeah, dude. Thank you for getting up. The bathrooms are wide open. I'm clapping at myself. I'm the only one that does that, dude. Everyone's just pissing themselves in that pool. Frame of mm. mind. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm, I'm not. So again, I'm not a big water guy. Don't like the pool. <laughs> don't like the ocean. Um, yeah, I don't. I, 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 that's essentially what you're dealing with. I mean, it's. Oof, gosh, man. No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's going to be a pool full of human material. And oh, yeah, I'm good, man. All right. Six fact. What do you got? Last one. Uh, that was it. Actually, the only other fact I have is uh, producer Jake is no longer smoking darts. He's just smoking weed now. So Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Good job, producer Jake. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. All right, guys. If you don't already do so, please follow us everywhere at uh, chat at pun or punchless MMA everywhere. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email, you can do so at chat at punchlessmma.com. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Um, be sure to support the show by supporting the show sponsors. If you haven't already done so, please go over to the Give Me the Points podcast and subscribe there. Uh, they went three and, and – yeah, they went four and three this last week, right? Four and three this last week. Um, and then week one, what was it? Three and oh. Week one, four and three this last week. Uh, so you're looking at seven and three overall on the year cash and slips. Um, so be sure to check them out. New episode goes live tomorrow night on the Give Me the Points channel on YouTube at 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. So be sure to check them out if you haven't already done so. Um, be sure to leave them a review. If you haven't left us a review, please do so. If you commented on the Trey Van Buskirk Black Belt congratulation post, your name has been noted, and we will be making a separate Instagram this po post this week where we will be selecting four winners for a giveaway. Um, so congratulations to uh, those that will be winning uh, at a future time. Uh, if you have anything else that you need from us, there's no fights this weekend, but feel free to shoot us any messages you may have. Uh, on Instagram or email. Trey, do you have anything else before my voice completely disappears? Bang, bang. <laughs>